Okay, first off, a lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't even like water. I mean, if you place them near a river or some sort of fresh water source, I mean, that makes sense. But if you find yourself in the ocean, 20 foot wave, I'm assuming off the coast of South Africa, coming up against a full grown 800 pound tuna with 20 or 30 of his friends, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of 10. And guess what? You've wandered into our school of tuna and we have a taste for blood. We've talked to ourselves. We've communicated and said, you know what? Lion tastes good. Let's go and have some more lion. You know, we've developed sort of a, a, a beachhead and aggressively hunt down your family. And we'll corner you in your pride, your children, your offspring. Welcome to the junk drawer. Okay, we're not done with this is, samurai. This is cocktail. This is a samurai pod now. This is samurai pod. Can you put your kimono you away? On set when they had all the tanks, they like literally had to tell NATO, by the way, this is for a movie. Which also seems like the easiest cover up to start a war. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert. But I do know plants pretty well, but I don't think if you dropped me, I would be like, that's a cocaine plant. Like, what is he, a botanist on the side? Because <laughs> we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. Well, welcome to the junk drawer. We are so excited to be so here. So excited. I was, I was actually talking, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. I know you're excited, but I'm so you're going to have to wait. I wait. Uh, my name is Cole, and I'm your host tonight as we go through uh, tonight's movie, uh, or today's movie, whenever you're listening. Uh, and I hope that you are dedicated enough to have understood what we're talking about today from that intro. But if you haven't, we're talking today about the other guys from 2010. My name's Cole Brown. I'm your host tonight, and I'm joined with two of my co-hosts. Go ahead. We are the other guys. That's right. I am Mario Arico. And I'm the other other guy, Bryce. Um, Someone say you're so much the other guy that we don't even need you. Some would say it, not me, but it's right. it. Uh, I'm headed out. That's <laughs> wait, fine. Wait, Bryce, come back. <laughs> he's gone. No one uh, thought that. Oh, wait, he's back. A uh, couple details. The other guy from 2010, like I said, is directed by Adam McKay. Uh, he also directed things like Vice, The Big Short, Step Brothers. Um, and then uh, as another little factoid as we get into our first section we always talk about is our personal ratings that this is Will Ferrell's second highest grossing movie after Whoa. Elf. Whoa! Not true. Oh. That's what it said on the internet. Do we have a fact checker? What yeah, is... I looked that up because it seems suspicious. It uh, it was, but it's not anymore. Oh. Lego oh. Movies is highest grossing movie. Okay, so it's since oh. been beat because of the craggle. Oh. That is um, still very... Obscure. So at one point was his second highest grossing movie after hmm. Elf, uh, but no. So let's start it off by talking about our personal ratings. I'll go last. Okay. Um, and uh, I'll get some context to my answer as I go last. Sweet. But why don't you go ahead, Mario? Cool. Well, <clears throat> when you picked this, I was I jumped for joy because I hadn't seen it in a, in a long time, and I knew I enjoyed it. The first time I watched it, love Will Ferrell. Really like Mark Wahlberg when he's doing comedy. Like like Mike Wal Mark Wahlberg in general when he's doing comedy, he always tickles my funny bone in such a way. And so I was going in it with super high expectations. Um, loved it. I do really enjoy it. I think the second half is much stronger than this. Uh, the first half, rather, is much stronger than the second half. Um, it kind of weaned off to the point where I was like, okay, let's wrap it up. It's a little long. Um, so I'm going to give it a uh, give it a 67%. Strong start, weak finish. Yeah, 67. And again, we, we operate on the Metacritic scale. Uh, so 67 would put it at a above average movie yes. and a decently above average movie. What about for you, Bryce? So <clears throat> I, similarly to Mario, hadn't seen this movie in a while, was really excited to rewatch it. 
and it occupies a really good space of movies. Um, Cole mentioned Adam McKay, and it, if you look through his filmography, it's incredible movies he's made because he started off with Anchorman, Talladega Nights, like all these stupid, silly movies, and now he made The Big Short and Vice, Great. which are movies that are nominated for Best Picture. And this movie is kind of cool because it <clears throat> is this kind of like weird amalgamation <laughs> of the stupid, <clears throat> funny Step Brothers, Talladega Nights movies, but it has a little bit of the intelligence of it, it, like as you watch it, you can see why he would go on to make The Big Short um, because it has a lot of similar themes. Yeah, and so. Uh, I really liked it, really liked it on the rewatch, enjoyed like the intelligence of the humor um, almost more than like now as an adult when I rewatch movies like Anchorman, like Talladega Nights, like w when we rewatched Step Brothers. <clears throat> enjoyed it more because it was more pointed. So I gave this movie an 81. Wow, good. <clears throat> yeah. That's high. Um, I like what you just talked <clears throat> about too. I think, and I, I mean, maybe I'd be proven wrong to myself here, but I, I do think that if I went back and watched Anchorman right now, I don't know that I would enjoy it as much as my memory of it for, for kind Oof. of like maybe like the overall ridiculousness of the humor at times. Um, and I, I thought this, the way they did comedy in this movie was really great. Uh, so before I give my answer, I'll give a little bit of context, which is that there is no context that when I saw <laughs> this movie, I regard this as my best movie viewing experience of all time because wow. I got invited to go. I literally and absolutely had zero idea of what this movie was about. Not a preview. Only knew that somebody said, hey, we're going to see the other guys tonight. You want to come? Was Sounds it Bryce? Good. Did he invite you? I don't even know. Uh, I don't no. think so. It was in college. the first. Um, but I also don't even know that I... I didn't even know that it was a comedy. Okay. Like I was like... So it's like, oh, that, whatever. Just come see the movie. So I went and saw the movie. And I was crying in the movie theater. <laughs> I've never laughed so hard out loud in a movie ever, ever. It was so freaking funny. Uh, and so going back to it, I was like, man, it's like holds such prestige in my mind of what I've seen at last. Now, is this the second watch then? This is my second time ever seeing okay. it. Okay. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting maybe obviously to have like the same reaction to it of that ridiculous level. Uh, but I still really enjoyed it. So I gave it an 86%. Yeah. Um, and felt that, you know, for me, that's definitely where it landed. And I think specifically, as Bryce said, reasons why it landed higher, I think, uh, for me is... I think the comedy is done in a really, really pointed way on purpose. Um, there's times, there's actually my only complaint, and we'll get into that later, is a part of the comedy that I don't think works as well, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I want to talk about the pointed comedy you guys are talking about, because all I can remember is the, the stupid, yeah. stupid joke, so I'd be interested in hearing about that later on. Uh, let's put a pin in that, a pointed pin. Definitely. Okay. Uh, now, uh, as we've shared our scores, it's time to reveal the Metacritic score. <laughs> Hats off to Mario. <laughs> hey. uh, the Metacritic score is 64%. Oh, all right. Um, which is right around where Mario said, I think you said 67. 67, I was due. But it's almost like cheating, though. When you order it on Amazon, the IMDb score pops up, and that like sticks in your head a little bit. So I feel like this is a tainted score. We'll take it. I'll take this. I'll no, take but I'll this take one. it. I'm going to take it. So I'll go ahead and take it. And I want the listeners to know that I am wearing a hat that I took off. It is a Yankees hat in honor of this movie. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. Actually, a lot of it was shot in Boston, but that's okay. But, but no, I really do think 67. <laughs> it really was. This oh, is really? Sky... So shot in Staten, Staten Island. Island. But a lot of like the skyline scenes are, oh. are in actual Boston. I gotcha. Um, they had a, the skyline scenes of Boston, and they were trying to be New York? They, I think I don't know why they did it, but yeah, oh. a, lot, a lot of the skyline oh. scenes are actually shots from Boston. No, but no, I do think 67, and we'll talk about the next category. Yes, yeah, so we get into the are you sure. I think for me, here's where I land with... Uh, I'll go first, and we'll kind of go through it, but... Um, 
Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell do the comedy duo teams in several movies now. Uh, they also went on to do Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, where they, I think, play almost identical character tropes where <laughs> Will Ferrell's like very straight-laced and like kind of like normal or whatever and Mark Wahlberg's way more intense and rude <clears throat> and mean and things like that. And I think for me, both of those movies represent this joke being exhausted past its point of being funny. Like, I, I think that the other guys exist in a category where, like, I think it's, it should have just been the other guys. Yeah. This is their one team up. It's hilarious. Let it just be kind of reserved yeah. and nostalgia that way. Um, and so for me, I am, I'm sure that I'm giving an 86%, even though the Metacritic score is a 64. Uh, but I think part of it is knowing where these guys go after this movie together. It you know maybe makes me wonder kind of how much that plays yeah. into the scoring as well. Uh, I I, I want to agree with you. I'll go off that. I think mine's a little low. Actually, I, I could have got a little higher. Um, some of the things that I didn't like about it were, like I said, it, I, at times I thought I got lazy, reused some jokes that didn't work. But what I think I did beautifully was I think this was Mark Wahlberg's first call into comedy. I think this comes out before Ted. I'm not positive, so. and it was so funny because he's used to playing this tough guy. First of all, he's a Boston guy. And I hate the Red Sox and every Boston team with a passion. So the fact that he ends up shooting Jeter, <laughs> it makes it funnier because you know about his past with the Yankees and how he loves the Red Sox. But to see him be like the scene where like he dances and he goes, oh, he just dan learned to dance like that to make fun of, you know, fruity people. You learn to dance like that sarcastically? Yeah. And then like, uh, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Like you, do, you never see Mark Wahlberg do things like that. Whereas Will Ferrell plays Will Ferrell, right? Um, it made it so much better. So yeah, Ted yeah. does come out two years later, 2012. Okay. Yeah, so I can see where you guys are coming off. Um, why people would like, like this more than a 64 percent IMD or uh, Metacritic score. Um, so I, I think I I was a little low. Yeah, I think I thought I might be a bit too high. Obviously, I was, but I couldn't imagine going that low because I do think this movie is really good, <clears throat> mostly because it's so fresh, like what it's doing, because. It's obviously a parody of the Buddy Cop film, which has been yeah. done like a thousand times. But so many parodies today are bad because they're just like, oh, remember how movies do this sometimes? And it's like, that's not really funny. But this movie is like, those Buddy Cop movies are focusing on the wrong thing, yeah. which is kind of interesting and fun because you have Mark Wahlberg screaming out, Colombian drug lords as like they're getting attacked. <laughs> yeah. and where are you getting that? Will Ferrell's like, where are you getting that from? And so like, that's really funny, and it, like you know, obviously it completely makes fun of the original but or the traditional buddy cop movies at the very beginning where yeah, The Rock and Samuel Jackson just <laughs> jump off so the roof, great. and they're like at the funeral, and they're like, there wasn't even an awning. Like, what were they doing? That's just so stupid. And it's like exactly making so, fun of what's uh, actually bad about traditional buddy. Paint cop that movies. scene for the listeners. It's like uh, The Rock and Samuel Jackson are the two best cops. The movie starts; they're in this high speed chase over guys who are possessing like less than a gram of right. marijuana and they cause 12 million dollars yeah. of destruction and the city just loves them and then they go on another mission and these guys like zip line off a 20-story building and they look at each other and go you think what i'm thinking aim for the bushes and then there's a slow motion jump and they just splatter to <laughs> no bushes no but also to the song here goes my hero yes watch, watch, watch your hero. i was crying laughing 
I'm like, you don't see, like, it's just so stupid. You don't see that very often. Like, oh, it was beautiful. It was great. I, yeah, I, I'm obsessed with their two characters. I think they end, they, they die in the movie in a really hilarious way and get out of the scene fast that enough that, like, my they end on a crazy high note. But I also just love Will Ferrell's introduction in the movie is he cheers for them when they're at the police station. <laughs> yeah, he's taking the photo. And Samuel Jackson just immediately interrupts and goes, you shut up! I don't want to hear from you unless I'm literally putting my hand up your butt and working you like a puppet to Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell goes, okay, yeah. <laughs> like, oh gosh, those two guys were so funny. Oh God. Oh. Um, so knowing, you know, kind of where we feel maybe on if we're sure, uh, we always talk about how we would fix this movie uh, in the most efficient way possible. Um, and so this is typically one or, or a couple little changes that we think would have the most significant impact uh, on the whole film. And so what was it for you guys? I think there is, and Mario alluded to this earlier, there is a lot of fat to cut out in this movie. And it is a little bit too long. It's only 100 minutes, so it's not like super crazy long. But like there's so many times where like the plot just kind of meanders and you're like, what are they doing again and why? So, um, and, and a lot of times it's because it does exist in this dichotomy of like s trying to be smart, but also trying to lampshade a lot of uh, to traditional buddy cop tropes. And, uh, and so like sometimes you just end up like they're making a joke and it's funny, but you're like, why are they here? Um, and so I think if you could just like take a, take a cutting knife to some of the scenes, make the movie a little bit shorter, uh, it's probably a better yeah. movie. Yeah, same exact critique. Um, I know I've been on here and saying I love the two to three hour movies. Give me more. But this would have been a perfect tight 90. Um, just, I think some of the action sequences, I think they were trying to do too much where they're like, oh, we don't, we want to get away from the fact that it's just a stupid buddy cop movie. Let's also make it an action comedy, which it is. But some of the action stuff, like, I don't care to see the action sequences in this types of movies and they kind of drag down like the last sequence when they're fighting in the boardroom the gunfight like i'm like i don't right it's so so stupid I'm like, i don't need this like just get on to the next part right yeah. yeah the perfect example of an action scene scene that adds to the plot and makes it that much funnier is when they get jumped by the motorcycle gang and yes. Mark Wahlberg goes to town yes. he's ruining everybody could you imagine what your career would have been if yeah. you even shot Jeter it, yeah, exactly. Will Ferrell says that to him as he finishes <laughs> off the last guy. Uh, for me, I think my efficient fix is similar to y'all. I would definitely, I had this note as well, that maybe shortening it would have a big impact on it just flowing a lot faster in a good way. Um, I think specifically like scenes that are still funny that just really just kind of maybe pause the plot. Uh, I think about when um, Mark Wahlberg's character says, hey, we're going to go drinking. We're going to go drinking my style. And there's like this long sequence of them at the bar going like crazy with getting like drunk and like slow motion or it's actually like a weird photo style where it's like frozen in time but you see them progressing through the scene and there's no like point to any of that like there it, you know it doesn't affect what happens next it doesn't ha affect what happened before um and so stuff like that could definitely be, be trimmed out i think one thing specifically for me and i'll get into this probably as well more so with worst scene but I think sometimes the comedy is drug out to a point that it loses its delivery on fun. I agree. Like, we, quote unquote, the viewers, were laughing at the joke five steps earlier. Let's just stop there and move to the next joke rather than make it so that everybody in the whole world is laughing at the joke that's now become kind of, quote unquote, yeah. unfunny. I, I found that to be, it was only used once, but the whole time... 
they're driving to, I think it's a cocaine bust, the first time they're in the Prius, they're just seeing, you're seeing the differences between Wahlberg's character and how straight-laced Will Ferrell is, and the music, right, the music's different, and then yeah. when he goes, it's like a drawn-out scene, and we get it, they're different, they're not, Will Ferrell doesn't live in this environment, he goes to hit the gas and he like puts his gas foot down the gas pedal and he screams America. <laughs> I see I didn't find that funny. To me that was so obscure. And then at the end, um they reference back to it. Wahlberg has to act. It's he like says, it's like Did breaking you scream the fourth America? Wall. Did you scream America? Like, okay. We you didn't have mm. to ask him that. Like we hurry. He's like, I just get I just go overwhelmed. <laughs> um so knowing kind of maybe how we fix it then, how would we not need to fix it? You know, where is it that we think it is killing it? the best scene in the movie, what would you show somebody to sell this movie? And I think to start, and then I'll actually do half of one basically, but I feel like if I am quote unquote showing the movie, like here's what this movie is like, I would go with just the ice tea intro where he's talking about, there's the guys that are in the line of fire every single day, da 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 da, and then there's the other guys. Like to mm -hmm. agree that explains the plot of this movie, but yeah. it's not my best scene. Right. So what about for you guys, what is your best scene? <clears throat> um, so, not only this is the best scene, but it's not a scene. It's it's scenes with this character. I think Michael Keaton won the movie. <laughs> like this is the beginning of the Keenessance, as they call it. Like his his comeback to his career. Right. He is so freaking amazing in every scene he's in. Um. So just for for any scene he's interacting with them when. Like when Will Ferrell was calling him Captain, or calling him Gene. Don't call me Gene. Call me Captain. Captain. Captain Gene. Don't call me Captain Gene. This is a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> he makes another quote. He's like, you know, put your dicks away because it's... This pissing contest yeah, is over. Yeah, this pissing contest <laughs> Like he just eats... Oh, he kills me. And like, like Even his first one, he when he invites them all in to talk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. They do this... Completely unnecessary. So long, but it's funny how long yeah, it is. So is. he invites us. He's like, "Hey, y'all, circle up." Actually, that's a little too far. Back up. That's that's now. Too, come back in. And you've seen that done so many times. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's funny. Way he too does close? it. Nope. Now farther. Closer. Like, and so he's working his second job at Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> and one of, so at the end of the movie, like I said, the second half is a lot weaker for me, and I kind of trailed off. But he has one. There's one scene in particular. And I don't think I showed this scene because it doesn't encapsulate the movie at all. But I was crying. He's giving a speech to the Bed Bath & Beyond stand. He goes, first things first, the new bath mats are here. Everybody reacts. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Second thing, there's a serial rapist in Crown Heights. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's for my other job. Ignore that. No, wait, don't ignore it. Especially if you live in Crown Heights. Walk in pairs. <laughs> Just, he delivered it so, a matter of fact. so <laughs> concerned. <laughs> I just love him. So anything with Keaton is gold. <laughs> you can just YouTube the Keaton scenes and you're good. Um, I think the best scene is, well, I, I have some cheats on either end of it, but just by itself is them pulling up to the accountant's office and walking towards it and it exploding. Because <laughs> you see them and it's perfectly like, again, lampshading a very common movie trope of explosion and Doesn't they would they yeah. would get up and run after the bad guys and catch them, but they yeah. just lay on the ground and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain." And even references that. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can walk away. From, yeah, they're like, "Say exactly what's happening." So that's great. And then immediately afterwards, you get <laughs> you get Will Ferrell explaining his backstory as Gator. <laughs> yes, I love how they use him as a kid. So funny. <laughs> 
can't. He's himself in college. Like he just yeah. And Mark Wahlberg keeps going, you were a pimp. He's like, what? no, I wasn't a pimp. Are you, I just, are, you, are you listening? I was protecting these women. And I would escort them on dates. And I was just taking a percentage of their money. Um, oh. And then if I could cheat a little bit before, the scene of them driving out to New Jersey is also funny because Will Ferrell's being so nice. And he gives him the, the coffee mug that says FBI, female <laughs> body inspector. inspector. And Mark Wahlberg just throws it out the window. Don't ever do that again. Oh, I oh, won't. I won't. I won't. It's funny, though, in that there's one thing about that explosion scene that I didn't like. One line in particular that I thought was off character for Mark Wahlberg. When they're laying on the ground, Will Ferrell's like, how the heck did the Millennium Falcon just fly away when the Death Star exploded? And Will Ferrell goes, Mark Wahlberg goes, don't talk bad about Star Wars. Star Wars is perfect. And I was like, Eh, I feel like that was out of, I don't know, I feel yeah. like it was out of character. I that, that's it. really nitpicking. I liked it. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> really Get the microscope out on that one. <laughs> My other favorite part of what Bryce just referenced to in the, in the cheating forward scene of him getting his partner the mug, he, Will Ferrell gives well, Mark Wahlberg the mug that says female body inspector. He then goes on to explain why yeah, it's funny. Did you get he goes, the joke? He goes, I don't know that you got the joke because, you know, at first glance, you see FBI has the shield, looks like FBI, right? Then you look closer, female, that's ludicrous. I mean, that's that's what's funny. He's being such an old man. Yeah, it's so hilarious. Can you do another honorable mention now that I think about it? Sure. When Wahlberg throws his computer in the ground and he stomps on it, my brother would always steal this. You got your big boy pants? You feel like a big boy? Put your big boy pants on, huh? And Wahlberg's like, what are you doing? I'm scared. Stop it. I can emote too. Uh, <clears throat> For me, my best scene uh, is the one I gave in the opener, uh, is the line in the tuna scene for several reasons. So first of all, it's one of the scenes I laugh the hardest at because <laughs> it's so ludicrous. Mark Wahlberg is saying that if we were in the wild, I would go outside of my food chain to come and eat you. If I was a lion and you were a tuna, I'd swim into the ocean and eat you. And as you heard earlier, Will Ferrell turns around on him. He's like, okay, if a lion's in the ocean with a tuna, the tuna are going to eat him. You're wrong. We're actually going to storm your beaches and kill all the lions. Like, it's just so ludicrous. Uh, and a big reason why I love that scene as well is I think it, for me, it gives me a good glimpse into parts of it where I don't know how much of that was planned writing or if it was just unscripted like Will Ferrell basically them two kind of vibing off of each other. Because um, no, no, like, no discredit to writers. I think writers obviously write incredible, great comedy. But that one just feels very like Will Ferrell-esque in a good way, right. where I'm like dying at how ridiculous he's being. And he even finishes and he looks back before he goes, I don't think that went how you wanted to, did you? <laughs> and he goes right back to typing on the computer. Well, their their um, whole exchange before that too is great. Well, Wahlberg's like, you know what he leaves? He goes, you know what I just did? I just refrained from talking bad about you. And Will Ferrell's like, wow, that was really great for you. He's like, no, I'm going to do it to your face instead. No, you don't have to do that. But to what you said, Cole, it's actually, and I don't want to step on tidbits later, but Adam McKay was hesitant to cast Wahlberg because he didn't know if Wahlberg could thrive in the heavily ad-libbed environment that his movies had been to that point with guys like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and everybody else. Did he ad-lib a lot, Wahlberg? Yeah. He said oh. that after like the first couple scenes, he he got into the rhythm very well. Huh. Yeah, I, I also just, I mean, it's just going to fit here because it fits here. But just in general, some things that I really love about this movie are these tiny details that happen. So, Will Ferrell is always just like very a matter of fact and straight laced in a lot of it. But obviously, he has his alternate personality of Gata, uh, his pimp <laughs> self. But when he's just normal Will Ferrell, the accountant at a police station, um, auditor or whatever, 
There's a moment where uh, they're making fun of him. They keep calling him like, like paper bit. Yeah, they keep yeah. Calling paper, him paper bitch. bitch. Paper bitch. And by like the third time them saying that, he goes, "Hey, I know y'all like that. I actually, don't like that. I don't. I don't care for." <laughs> he doesn't like get on tough on them. He doesn't like, "Hey, y'all shut up, or I'm gonna beat you up." He just, he goes so like so nice. So yeah. nice. Hey, actually, I, I think y'all are probably that. finding that funny. I don't like that. You know, that's just me. Um, but yeah, I love the line line in the tuna scene for for me. If I'm showing people something to love about this movie, uh, if I'm showing people something maybe I didn't love about this movie, uh, and this is borrowing back to my efficient fix, and so I'll go first here. Um, is there's times where I feel like they let the humor of a specific joke go too far that it it ruins the delivery or like the return on laugh, I guess you could call it, R-O-L. Um, but for me, it is, sorry, Bryce, it is the Gator origin story scene. How dare you? I agree with you. Because I don't need to see him at, quote unquote, his worst when he has a gold grill and has a knife to his cheek. That's <laughs> yeah, like not the, the image that's funny. imprinted into my mind is it with I the just, knife. <laughs> I just think they keep going back, to, they go back to it too often. Well, well, that too, maybe going back to it too often, but for me, like, I think seeing him there like that, and not this movie is quote-unquote normal at any point, it's, it's ridiculous for a lot of the movie, yes. That's the part where it, it just steps completely out of normalcy, because he's <laughs> wearing a gold grill, and he's got a knife to his face, and he's holding a gun in his hand, there's a dude getting a tattoo in the background. It's a woman like, getting a tattoo, it's uh, one yeah. of his girls. <laughs> but, like, there's so much, like, beyond ridiculous um, in that one scene that part of me is like, I wish he would have just, he would have just said, quote-unquote, I was at my worst, and he just told what was happening, he didn't see what was happening, he said something like, and then I walked in, and something, something happened, and then da-da-da-da-da, like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't that, know, that, that, that goes, scene, though, is a still, I cried, like, I just, yeah. was like, Oh, I like everything up to that. I like yeah, him yeah. describing, I like watching him Just like that scene. particular, like, that clip of That one his, clip, it just went origin. one clip too far for me. <laughs> yeah. Because I liked, I, I can kind of see what you're saying, I mean, I can see what you're saying, Cole, because the progression before that, as his outfit changed, and he's becoming more prominent as a pimp, is hysterical. So and then good. it just goes too extreme, it's like, okay, he's a college kid, but... He's not like he looks like a full-grown man with a. With a anyways, um, mine was um, kind of piggybacking off that. How they they went back to that the Gator story a little too many times, as if to like slap you in the face with. Remember that funny joke that we had? Um, it comes up. He goes to dinner. He comes home to dinner with Eva Mendez. Was Sheila? I think her name is. Yeah. And um, hats off to her because her role was so they wrote it ridiculous. Yeah. She's she's hilarious. really good. And um, he's like, she's so good. He's screaming at her, and then they bust out into song like, "Pimps don't cry" or something. I like it. I love it. So weird though, like it's so uncomfortable. It's so weird. It's like not uncharacteristic of the movie because the movie had become obscure up to that point, but it's uncharacteristic of his character too much so that he almost becomes a totally different character, like. The way he flashes back to Alan is just like it's too fast for me. I was like, ah, they kind of lost me there. Like this, this felt like an SNL sketch, or like this felt like an Adam McKay movie from the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. But when she says I'm pregnant, and his reaction is, "Who got you pregnant?" Gators <laughs> girls best be wearing jimmies. Yeah, like, I lose that, it. That interaction, and I know it was, <laughs> I know it was directed this way, but it, it's like watching a soap opera. Oh, it's great. Out of nowhere, she just goes. I'm pregnant. Like, they weren't even well, then, talking about that. That same scene, she also screams, Get out! Yeah, yeah. Get out! <laughs> she says, like, Pimps don't cry. Um, but it is a weird scene, but I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but uh, so my, but that and then the other scene, there's a scene where Wahlberg's like, Let, or Will Ferrell, one of them's like, we're going to do some, yeah, Wahlberg's like, we're going to do some real drinking right after that. And you'd think they're going to go on this montage of like bar hopping, but they go to one bar and they just 
they're drinking beers or like shooting their gun and they end up getting really drunk at this one bar. It just didn't have the effect that I thought the scene was going to lead to because I had forgot. Like, oh, they're going to show them drinking like at all these bars. It's going to be like a hangover style, like at the end of the hangover with all the photos. Um, but no, it was just the one bar scene. I thought that was kind of weak. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like it was like crazy hard execution on an edit wise. Like they basically create oh, this yeah. scene. They create to help you picture it visually maybe or mentally uh, for the viewers. The scene takes place in one total bar, but nothing ever moves in the shot. Yeah. It's like but a it diorama. Gives, yeah, yeah, exactly. Great reference. Uh, and so like you're stepping through this diorama and you see the scenes kind of changing in a way as they keep reappearing, doing more and more ridiculous stuff. But yeah, it's that's another part where I'm like, the, my, my laughter or enjoyment is probably <laughs> very little in compared to how many hours went into creating that yeah, one. Right? Yeah, right? Was it worth it? Um, my worst scene, and it's not even one scene, but it's what I mentioned about the plot kind of meandering, is as I was watching it, you get to the point where they go to arrest Urshan at the boardroom meeting, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, and I had like some other stuff going on, so I was like, this movie's almost over, and I checked the time, and I was like, how are there still 30 minutes left in this movie? Like, I remember really at this, that point? Yes, I was like, I remember this being the end of the movie, because <clears throat> there's the long, drawn-out gunfight at the boardroom meeting, and then they take him back to a, like his apartment safe house. Yeah. And then you see Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg goes back to their significant others to make up. And then they come back together. And then there's the really long action sequence of them getting Urshan to the bank. Oh, and way too long. All of that's yeah. going on. And I feel like if you just cut all of that down into just the scene of Will Ferrell going to see Ava Mendez, which is still hysterical because they have the old lady <laughs> yeah. as the intermediary. He says other things. <laughs> I can't say the things you say. That, so like, if you do, just cut that, like... Do we have any of the things that we had to repeat? Oh, some of them are burning my brain because she, at one point, Ava Mendez so wait, says set, to set Will Ferrell... the scene first, like... So he is trying to visit his wife, but they have a police tail or a security tail at the house, so he can't just walk in. So he calls her, she answers. And so the grandmother that's living there too comes out to transfer the messages across the street. And so this old woman with a walker comes across the street, talks to Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell says, okay, go back and tell her this. And so you get this hilariousness between the messages they're sending each other. Because it starts with, I love you, I miss you, to very explicit details of what they want to do to each other. <laughs> Some of which that I love the most was one point, Will, or Eva Mendez said to Will Ferrell, I want to... <laughs> do it with the voice. Huh? Do it with the accent. Oh. She says other things. She says that she wants to spend a night in a hotel room and she doesn't want to walk straight. And then in the morning, she just wants to lick the sex off each other. That's, I lose it. And then there's another time where I feel like Will Ferrell or probably even Mendes as well in the scene, like they're just saying anything on the top of their mind to like. Here, his response to that one was like, I can't do it. Something with a, a mannequin hand. An electric razor on a golf club. I can't say it. You share too much. So, you share too much. So, yes. I think if, literally I think if this movie you cut out the <coughs> fluff around that scene and just shrunk it down so it's five minutes between when they rescue her shots when they take him to the bank and cut out all the action on the way to the bank is almost a perfect movie. Yeah. yeah. Because that scene is hysterical. And then like you already get the climax of like gunpoint at the bank. Yeah. So you don't need the 15 minute gunshot car chase on the way to the bank. So Definitely. I don't know. No, I agree. I, I think the action scenes, I mean, they just, 
at, at that point, I don't want those. I want more of the ridiculous exchanges with Wahlberg and, and Will Ferrell. I don't need to see them sh get past a helicopter. Well, speaking of maybe jokes we talked about that went too far, one of the things that is definitely true <laughs> in this movie that I enjoy for the most part is insane joke recursion. That yeah. Um, whereas maybe we talked a lot about in Goldmember, it's they do it on purpose, but it doesn't come off great. Like it just feels lazy. It feels like okay. I had to have watched the other Austin Powers to laugh at this. They, I still like they, those, though. <laughs> I still like them, yes, but they're, I think this was far funnier, where they introduce you to the joke in this movie, and then your whole context for the jokes exists in this movie, but they recur them several times over. Uh, and so we've referenced some of those things, like um, Mark Wahlberg several times demonstrates that he's like super artistic, can dance, all based on the things that he learned or did to make fun of kids. So he says. Yeah, so he says. Um, but maybe what was it for y'all? What was like the, the reoccurring yeah. joke that you were like always looking forward to seeing again one more time? Um, we touched on one <clears throat> that's it was one scene and it went on for a while, but I loved it and I wanted more of it. It was the grandma walking back and forth. Um, and I'm like, oh, how long does this go on? Um, but there was another one. It was only two scenes. So they find the Prius. It's all banged up. <laughs> and I don't know the actor's name. He's really good. He, he's in, he's been in the office. He played Holly's boyfriend, AJ. Yeah. Um, He's been I love you, man. He's been a bunch of stuff. But he, he's like, <clears throat> he cleaned up the car. You know, he works for the NYPD. And he goes, you know, we found that a bunch of homeless men used it as an orgy for an orgy. And then he's describing the car. He's like, we found a little a mouse in, in, a, in a used condom, like in the back. So A deer's vagina. Was, yeah. At first we thought it was a set of lips. But we could, no, definitely a deer's vagina. And then he's like, there's a note. <laughs> From Dirty Mike and the Boys. <clears throat> also, fun fact: Dirty Mike is the director, Adam McKay. Oh, that was Adam McKay. Yeah, yeah. So, but the actor that's the police officer who you mentioned is named Rob Hubel. Yes, yeah. yes, Rob. So then later on, um, the Will Ferrell um, is meeting with Mark Wahlberg somewhere, and the, the Prius is there, and and uh, these homeless guys walk up, and he goes, "Are you Dirty Mike and the Boys?" And they start running away, and then you hear them yell. We will have sex in your car again. It will happen. <laughs> well, I think he says... And it does. Yes, it does happen again. When he comes back down from arresting the guy, he comes down and he goes, where's my phone? Oh, yeah, and a cop just goes under his breath, oh, a bunch of hobos were having sex in it, so they towed it. Yes. <laughs> so they did have their way. One more time. Didn't oh, he say, like, what, God. is there a sign on it? Um, so that was one that was... Thanks uh, for the freak shack. Right? A recurring joke. That was great. And then um, uh, I liked the scene where... I thought it was longer, but on, on rewatch it wasn't. Where they're going to get Urshan, and he bribes them with the Knicks, yes. the Knicks tickets, and then they drink the water, and then he, they go to Jersey Boys, <laughs> which fantastic movie that's gonna be in future pod. <laughs> and then he comes, was it great? No, it was fantastic. <laughs> the pageantry, the costumes, like you I completely love undersold that. it. <laughs> yeah. Completely undersold it. Have you tried this cucumber water? <laughs> the, the cucumber accents the water in such a way that. Gosh, I love Will Ferrell. Forget about the waters. One of the waters. I was actually looking forward to the water. <laughs> Bryce, what about for you? What's your favorite? My, my favorite recurring joke, I think Mario said he didn't like this, but I thought it was hilarious. Every time when they have like these beautiful women who are just like taken by Will Ferrell. No, it's so that. funny because, I, I don't know, Will Ferrell doesn't seem that attractive to me. <laughs> and so these women that are just like... Is. Oh, hey, how's it going? At one point, when they're at the Knicks game, it's Brooke Shields. Yeah. And he gets up to leave, and she goes, call me sometime. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I actually wish they had done it more, because they mention it with the female bodyguard, 
who's like super into him the first time they bump into him and that joke never comes back up and I really wish it had at some point and it she doesn't. She kind of, before she She has one more time before him. she yeah. tases him. She's yeah, like, she oh, says, I'm sorry, sorry my, my love. Yeah. No, I like that. I didn't, I didn't, um, that wasn't me. So everything about Will Ferrell, like every single beautiful woman they come into contact with that's just so taken by Will Ferrell is so funny to me because Mark Wahlberg's like, what is happening? Like they, even when he goes home to, he has to visit his ex-girlfriend to get the voicemail and it's so weird and yes. uncomfortable, but yeah, another oh, yeah. time we're like, You will have sex with my wife. Christina. Come back here. And her husband is amazing. Like, yes. That actor. Yeah. I'm you sorry. probably think because of the beard, I'm all hairy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm shame. sorry if you don't laugh at me just getting deep into reference right now from the movie, but one of my favorite parts is when they're reviewing in the car after they've just left his, his ex-girlfriend's yes. house. And it's nighttime, pitch black. Oh, yes. Like, so you want to go and actually listen to this voicemail finally? And they start to play it, and you can kind of hear what's going on. And then in the far distance, you hear, "You come back here, have sex with my wife." And they're like, "Wait, is he still chasing it's us?" Like Twenty miles. It's been Twenty miles. Uh, no, Gosh, guys, I like that. I think uh, it, it would have been funnier if they had more cameos from famous. Yeah, actresses. more famous yeah, actresses been, would have been funny. That would have been, a, yeah. I think for me, my favorite reoccurring joke uh, is. I probably like the Will Ferrell getting hit on one the most, but the one that maybe laughed often, just given the, the movie trope, as we talked about with kind of being this buddy cop and maybe the ridiculousness of crime movies in general, was the upscaling that happens every time Mark Wahlberg sees a crime scene or hears a stat. <laughs> so Will Ferrell explains like this whole like very intricate aspect of broken permits for scaffolding, kind of da 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 da. And Mark goes, oh man, they could be connected with like the uh, human trafficking and the black trade. Mark Will, Will Ferrell looks over and he's like, where did you get that from any of this? Or anytime they bump into a criminal, he goes, oh, they could be, you know, Colombian drug lords. And it's like, so that recurring right. joke of him just upscaling everything was always really funny. Yeah. For I'm me. surprised. I, I didn't choose this one because I thought you guys were going to based on the uh, Oh, so you're going for your third. I, I think I had, I, this, this would take me my fourth, but I think it was the, the most memorable one to me was Michael Keaton's re, you know, the recurring joke of him using the TLC lines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's creep creeping. It's creeping. <laughs> that is really funny also. That was, I'm sorry, I never even actually told you, viewers, but that was the title for this section was this creeping creeping. Don't um, go chasing waterfalls. Don't. You're doing it on purpose. I don't even know what you're saying. Accident. I don't even get the reference. <laughs> Borrowing back now to a scene we referenced earlier, Lion vs. Tuna. This is completely outside the scope of this movie. Great category. Uh, and I don't want us to spend too long here because oh, this, is I a, do. <laughs> this is a competition category and conversation that I can get out of control with. Uh, but a friend of ours texted this past week for another podcast that he listens to called the All Fantasy Everything Podcast. Uh, and they had a conversation basically on animal showdowns. Mm. Uh, animal showdowns. And don't listen to it. He kind of talked about that maybe they had the argument between killer whales and then killer bees and basically how many pounds of bees you got at your disposal, kind of thing like that. But all that to say, what is y'all's first round draft pick in the Animal Showdown Battle Royale? Well, I think uh, I think Will Ferrell had the right idea with Tuna. I'm just going to take it a step further. As as an Aquaman fan, I do recognize that the Earth is mostly water, and with climate change happening, it will only be more water. Climate change is fake. El Gore caused it, and he is gone. Now. Climate change is fake. The beach He's has been in the same guy. place since I was a kid. <laughs> okay. I hate all of this, but... Uh, <laughs> if you've learned anything from this podcast, climate change doesn't exist. No. It's okay. Okay, we, we're going to stop. And <laughs> as the percentage increases, you know, we get 85-90% water. You don't go tuna, though. You go with something even, even a little bit more intimidating. Carp? Orca. Which, or you mentioned the killer whale. I think, well, as the oceans get hotter, maybe not. But the orcas, they're freaking... 
Like anytime you watch a nature doc, like you think, oh, SeaWorld Shamu. And then it's like these orca who are like flipping seals into the air and just like Ow. catching them. Ow. Like I throw grapes into my mouth. <laughs> it's like they are not messing around. They will like if the seals are like, haha, I got away. I got up on the ice. Orcas like slide up onto the ice and like beach themselves and pull the seals back into the water to <laughs> Yo, eat them. Oh, we gonna beach us. Again, I get, I get too hyped for animal hype. And so, yes, killer whales I think are the most top predator in all of the world. Really? Now, they are limited by being in water to an extent because we're on land. Again, we're limited by not being in water. Man is yes. the greatest. <laughs> but again, on the, ref or the examples of killer whales being freaking terrifying, when they hunt because they are killer whales in that they kill whales. That's not necessarily their namesake, but part of it is because they do kill whales. They will, for example, a humpback whale is riding its mother humpback whale and baby humpback whale. A killer whale, pod of killer whales, how they fight against that is they literally swim over top of the baby whale so that it can't surface in air. It suffocates and then they eat it. And I've also heard- Now they got a taste for lion. <laughs> <laughs> I've also heard and I know I'm just going nature documentary factoids for y'all right now, and you're just learning more and more on this podcast. Reel it in. But off the coast of Africa, they're finding great whites all the time that are dead with no meat taken out of them and tiny little slits by their liver. And they believe it's killer whales that are just basically literally targeting an organ, eating it, and leaving them for dead. My God. Orca, first overall pick. You're welcome. Is that what you choose too, Cole? Here's where I'm at. I, I would choose killer whale if I also get to have Pokemon rules where fish can just float out of water and just... Can't Pokemon rules. The earth is mostly water. But it, we don't have to go there. We don't craft. have to go to the water to win the fight. Well, now they've got a taste for blood. <laughs> right. What's your choice? Oh, they can't mine, go for days, but hours, sure. <laughs> mine would be... Hour? Hour and a half? Hour 45? Mine would be 300 angry, furious Spartan warriors. Men warriors. Or women. 2019. Yeah. Um, and they, no, that's not what I would choose. Yeah, it's a terrible Let animal. them come into the water. I would choose a brown bear. One? Just. <laughs> Bryce would, chose all of I'll killer tell you, whales. I'll tell you, I'll tell you I'm why. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. One brown bear versus all the killer whales. I don't know that that fight's I'll going I'll tell you why. Because they're cute. When they're cubs, they're cuddly. You can hug them and you can snuggle up. I'd also choose a puppy golden retriever. Never grows up. Just because they're so cute. You I don't can, think you understood the category. If I had a first pick, I would want those animals. No, but they're fighting to the death. I didn't finish. Brown Bear, I would name him Teddy. Not original, but it's a classic name. And the puppy's name would be Barky McBarkerson. Mm -hmm. And the three of us would get along and we'd just have a great time. And we would ha not care about you whales because we'd be in the land. On okay. the land. Mm. We'd own the world. <laughs> Who okay. run the world? You and a brown bear. And, <laughs> and a puppy. And a puppy. puppy. <laughs> Indeed. Mario's going the most Pokemon rules by only picking two, <laughs> not two species, two animals. Yeah. The entirety of the killer whales in all the world versus and a who knows? puppy maybe, and a brown bear. Maybe one of those animals I chose is female and the two of them nope. make love and create a that. bear dog. Don't want yeah, that. Or a dog bear. Dog bear. So let's, get, let's move on. <laughs> well, I haven't said mine yet. Oh, okay. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me to picture something that would beat killer whales. I think they legitimately are the strongest predator in all the world. Um, but if I am choosing something uh, that's not killer whale, uh, and I'm picking it on land, I would probably go. We've had this conversation for a while now, um, but I would probably go something like bees or ants. Like I, there's a degree to which when I think Ew. about the almost infinite numbers of an insect, it would be cool to if if I get to tr you know basically tell them what to do. I think I could tell them to 
really yeah, well. if you can get right, every hey, single him. ant, ants don't mess around. All right, Scott yeah. Lang. I, I mean, ant, there's a lot of ants. Hey, Adam McKay directed that too. Maybe he could help me out. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He did not direct it. He's a writer on Ant-Man. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so that was officially the weirdest the pod has yeah, ever gotten. <laughs> I'm really passionate about let's animal rankings. Let's get back on the movie thing. Um, so we now get into our section for tiddly bits. Tidbits. Show us your bits. Um, it is the section we reserve for fun internet research or just random factoids and things that didn't fit elsewhere. This time, Tidbits is brought to you by my grandfather's bathroom, uh, which is the only living copy that contains Reader's Digest. Uh, and so it's sponsored by Reader's Digest this week. What is in the Reader's Digest? Oh, it's lots of great little anecdotes, uh, fun places to walk, you know, things to do outside. From what year? Oh, it's 1988. Okay, great year. Cocktail. Cocktail, Great one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually just about cocktail. The whole Raiders <laughs> Digest. Reader's Digest on cocktail. But what did y'all have for your tiddly bits? Uh, so I just want to shout out that Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz both make an appearance in this movie. Two of my favorite comedians. They have very small roles. Ben Schwartz is David Wallace's uh, assistant at the yes, SEC. Which, if the listeners don't know who that is, John Ralphio. Yeah, John Ralphio yeah. Is, is Ben Schwartz. He's the best! And uh, Middleditch is the... Uh, assistant to the person running the uh, art exhibit, and he's very funny as well. He's in he, Silicon he's Valley. In Silicon Valley. And I love those guys. They're hilarious. There's uh, an art exhibit scene. Yeah, when the the coffee table where Mark Wahlberg is moving the stuff around on the coffee table, it's art. And he re-explains why it's not the thing she says, and he gives another artistic interpretation. She tells him what it means, and he says that's not what it means, and he explains it to her. Did you watch the movie? I don't think that's in the in the version that I watched. I've never heard about this scene. Mm. Yeah, huh. he probably fell asleep. It's okay. No, I watched um, it. So the other, the other thing is Ice-T is the narrator, which is great. Um, super funny. And I, I just couldn't find another place for this, so I don't know if it fits in tidbits. But I mentioned at the top that one of the reasons I like this movie is it's really, really smart um, compared to some of Adam McKay's earlier works. And so I love all of the stuff that references like, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock do a bust for half a gram of of pot and <laughs> or uh they they rob riggle and the wayne's brother i can't tell the wayne's apart honestly um they bust the jewelry thieves for like seventy four thousand dollars and will ferrell's like that's it there was millions of dollars in there and i just love that like they're basically saying like the real criminals are these people who are laundering millions or even billions of dollars and like the way to do that isn't through the traditional buddy cop type style of copying but through yeah i love when they're at the sec and um will ferrell rattles off the list of other yeah. agencies you guys department. have done a great job except for <laughs> he looks like 15 things oh man i have a couple too so fun fact the version i'm watching the scene now on youtube the version i watched didn't have this scene in it interesting i'm so upset because it sounds like it was hilarious it was yeah that's what actually made the movie you, you probably missed That's probably why you missed That's it. probably why you rated it so why, low. No one said... Uh, no I'll one, go while no you're... referenced it. I'll go while you're YouTubing on the podcast. Uh, hey, they YouTube on the rewatchables, and those guys are friggin' billionaires. Yeah, sure. They're the real criminals. <laughs> uh, for me, some tidbits. One of mine I'm very excited about. Will Ferrell hums the SWAT theme song when he's typing yes, in the computer. I did recognize that. Uh, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Uh, but then some other really tiny cameos. Now you're asking me to hide my emotion. That I will not do. <laughs> that I will not do. 
Uh, he also hums uh, the theme to Bewitched, which he's yes, also in the he's movie. Yes, he's in that movie. Uh, but a handful of other uh, fun cameos. Uh, Shauna Mulway Tweep from yes. uh, Parks and Rec, Allison Becker is her real name. Uh, she is the financial reporter. Uh, Fawn Moscato, who is actually <laughs> Zoe, Zoe Lister Jones, or Lister Jones. Uh, she's the councilwoman from New Girl. She's in Vo this movie. Vote Moscato. Exactly. Uh, the hired security guy, who's played by Ray Stevenson. This was my deepest cut. He's Volstag in Thor. Wow. Who's Volstag? Uh, he's the axe-wielding, like, dwarf-esque dwarf oh, wow. character. He's one of the Warriors okay. 3, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, as Bryce said, Thomas Middleditch uh, and John Ralphio are in Ben Schwartz are in the movie as well, which is awesome. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so my tiddly bits. Adam McKay considered Derek Jeter as the biggest git of the whole movie out of all of his cameos. He said that uh, Jeter was a big Will Ferrell fan and wanted to participate, was very willing to be in the movie. So I thought that was cool. Props to Jeter. Um, and I, Adam McKay had the idea for this movie. He was actually having dinner with Wahlberg and Ferrell, and the two had great chemistry, and they just were shooting the shit, pitched the idea jokingly, and it led to a movie. So when we be hit it big, guys, we can have dinner with Leo DiCaprio and... You know, mm -hmm. yeah, Aziz and sorry, and make a movie. Can't wait. Um, I have one more tiny one. I don't know if you, you can keep going if you have more. Show as well, us, no, show us that tiny little. The tidbit. tiniest one, my tiniest titty a bit, is uh, <laughs> last cameo is the person who is operating the computer in the very last scene, who they have to tell him to cancel oh, yeah. the transfer, yeah. not do the transfer, is Chris Gethard. Yep, Chris who Gethard. is Trevor. From the office, Dwight's yes. friend who Angela hires yeah. to kill Oscar. Mm -hmm. So he's also in the He movie. puts the pipe in the sub. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. the one. <laughs> I have a delivery for Oscar Martinez. And <laughs> then Kevin says, I am Oscar Martinez. <laughs> um, but just in general, this isn't necessarily tidbits, but this is just more about why I think the movie is great. And this is for you viewing audience who hasn't seen it. Listening audience. Um, yeah, listening audience. You could be technically viewing it if it's on a LED display in front of you. <laughs> watching the progression ticker go across. Touche. Uh, but... So some of the other duos in the movie uh, are Rob Riggle and Damon Wayans, as Bryce said, Damon Wayans, but also great people in comedy. Uh, as we said at the beginning, The Rock and Samuel Jackson. Uh, and so there's just like lots of like really great, funny people in this movie that, that I think is why it also just comes off so funny. Yeah. I also think, this is not a category, but I said Keaton won the movie. Do you guys think, would you agree with that? Or did someone walk away from this better than he did? Um, I think, I think... Michael Keaton probably walks away because, like you said, it starts with the Keaton renaissance. Uh, I would say also Adam McKay does pretty well after this movie comes out. Um, so maybe him. Yeah, I think <clears throat> for me, it, not, not to be too meta maybe, but Will Ferrell probably is like... like I think probably Keaton gets most jokes per scene, or most laughs <clears throat> per scene, yeah. or whatever. Uh, but like just the overall aspect of Will Ferrell's character in this movie makes me laugh the most. Okay. Um, our final category, we always ask us ourselves in, uh, to end the episodes, is if this belongs in the junk drawer. Uh, and the junk drawer is both based out of the bin you see at a Walmart that has the $5 movies. Or Target, for those of us who don't go into Walmart. Uh, which you should. Target and both Walmart both have great deals. <laughs> uh, but it's also you know kind of a reference to just the drawer you have at your house with lots of loose things and random things that you might have a copy of this movie in it and does it belong there. Uh, and so for you guys, does this belong in the junk drawer? Uh, yes, 100%. Not because it's a bad movie by any means, but just because it's become just another one of those classic great comedies. I think it ended the comedy run. 
I used to say it ended at an 09, but having watched this, it's like the, they don't really make comedies like this anymore, and they should. Well, they, this is kind of the start of like the slash comedy because this is like yeah, you're right. an action comedy. But I consider like a big budget kind of was a hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. Um, so it's a great one to just find, and it's a it's a if you had never seen it, putting it on for the first time, you're going to laugh your ass off. Yeah. And it's a great movie to just throw on with friends and hang out and enjoy. So yes, it belongs in the junk drawer. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, because it's a movie that we all like, but it's not Mark Wahlberg's best movie. It's not Will Ferrell's best movie. It's not Adam McKay's best movie. So it's kind of like a little bit buried in all of their filmographies. And so I think for that reason. It's even, forgotten about. Yeah, it is yeah. forgotten. So yeah, I think it's in for the, that reason. Oh, if you like this, you'd also like the other guys kind of thing. It's like right. another guy, you know? It's like the other guy. Yeah. Uh, I also it is think, the other guy of movies. Yeah. I also think yes as well. Um, and just kind of further context with why I chose this movie uh, is I've started rewatching through Brooklyn Nine-Nine with my wife and it's just so funny. Uh, I, I think I, I would go as far as to say if you like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you would probably like this movie. But it also helped me understand... Or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also understand a style of, um, I don't know, plot device or just humor in general that I think is well done and things like this or even similar to Scrubs, like where you have a... A situation that wouldn't be inherently funny, but when you insert comedy into it, it kind of adds way deeper levels of laughter and funny. Mm -hmm. So a, you wouldn't think of a police precinct as being inherently funny. You wouldn't think of a hospital as being an inherently funny place. Yeah. But when you put comedy into those scenes, I think it automatically kind of puts it into a new level of comedy for me. True. Uh, and so I also liked it for that reason. So I think it does belong in the junk drawer for all the reasons we just said. Um, but as we close, uh, we love to hear from you guys, and we have begun to hear from you guys. I know before we've said that our email box is flooded with responses from you. We, were, we weren't we were being entirely honest. Gasp! <laughs> I lied to you guys. I'm sorry. Actually, I should go on record to say Bryce that. Bryce I almost quit our jobs to help out with the... That's why, that's why I did want to clarify now before you actually pulled the trigger. Okay. So don't send that email. Bryce, you might want to call uh, your We have begun to hear from job back. you Too late. junk drawer uh, ends out there. Junk Jorians. Uh, and so we want to continue to hear from you. And so you can send any request for a movie uh, that you want to hear to askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. Or if you want potentially a more conversational atmosphere, you can reach out to us on Twitter, which is? Our Twitter is at junk underscore drawer underscore pod. Uh, and you can find us there. So, uh, we'll say the final goodbyes from Dirty Mike and the boys. We will have sex again in your car. It will happen. Get it, don't take no shit. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time. <laughs>